I said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So I was uh, looking at the, the uh, a wrestling event that was coming to town, and you know, many of you know I've been ill, but you know, I, I have a bad back. I'm wearing a brace. Uh, I've not been able to go out a lot. You know, it was just a few weeks ago. I was on uh, Walker. And then I got a cane, and then now I can walk even without the cane. Uh, but, you know, gingerly, I, I, if someone ran into me, it would be terrible. Um, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to look at events. And all over D.C., whether it's a museum or a restaurant or a jazz club or a blues club, is Blues Alley, it's called. They all have these, um, it's sort of like I've been missing in action in terms of going out. That I've been starting to look, you know, maybe it's time for me to go out. Maybe I can get up on, my back will be okay and I can walk up and I can go out and do something with my life rather than just work all the time. And, you know, I can go to the gym and hang on to a treadmill as if it's a walker, you know, but I mean, I really am getting to the point where I can, I can get up and I can walk around, you know, bad back and all, but still live my life. And so, uh, as many of you know, I'm a big college wrestling fan. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are coming to town. They're going to wrestle America University. I think it's on January 3rd. So I'm looking. And all of a sudden, I find out I can't go. I can't go to the event. It's right down the road. Boom. Can't go. Because of vaccine passports and mandates. And I was thinking, when the hell is this going to end? When is it going to end? When am I going to be able to go out? I'm not vaccinated. So I either 
So Leonora was like, so maybe you ought to just get vaccinated. And I was like, then I would feel like a Jewish person living in Gestapo Nazi Germany. At this point, it's, you know, I may have considered it. But at this point, not only is CNN now admitting all of a sudden that masks don't work, but in the same blush, breath, you got Nicole Wallace saying she's a mask junkie. But then you have their science, scientific person, the science, trust the science, they don't work. So what the hell, heck have we been doing with our kids? Five-year-olds, at the same time that you have media debating the issue of whether a five-year-old should get masks or whether you hear about a New York restaurateur saying, Here's a family coming in from Kansas, you know, sightseeing and having fun in New York City. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they uh they're in a, they're faced with a situation to where their five year old wasn't vaccinated because in Kansas or Missouri or somewhere else, they didn't have that problem. And again, we talked about this a long time ago about this apartheid, medical apartheid. We talked about vaccine passports being a tool and a mechanism for segregation, segregating, segmenting society so that liberals who adopt, liberals basically who like the, the controls get to fly on planes exclusively. Maybe they get bumped up to first class because no one else is flying. Ted Cruz gave... Uh, and you know, a com- at the committee hearings, was questioning a guy from United, and saying, "What world are you living in?" Meanwhile, at the same time, you got, you got America, American, uh, and Southwest, admitting that the HEPA filters on planes deem the planes, you know, with the cabin pressure and all this as one of the safest places that you could actually breathe on earth. And yet you got United firing people left and right. I mean, there's a Supreme Court hearing where they're basically going to be hearing about the unlawful mandate that Biden put out about 100 uh, corporations with 100 employees being forced to uh, vaccinate or lose your job. At the same time, medical professionals are losing their jobs. Airline professionals are losing their jobs. And at the same time, you got science twisting and turning. CDC is basically saying it's no longer 10 days if you test positive. It's five days. It's no longer six feet. It's three feet. And now you got some scientists over at CNN saying, Masks really aren't effective. So what have we been doing with our five-year-olds? And how is that then explaining what's going on in New York City where Mayor de Blasio, who just won't leave, Mayor de Blasio, you know, you, you see these restaurateurs and they're saying, you know what? So the parents are getting vaxxed. I'm that, you know, like I'm not vaxxed, but I mean, the parents are saying I'm vaxxed. 
But they don't want to give their child the jab. They don't want to do that. That might be a bridge too far. They they, uh, look at their child with a little bit more concern than they look at themselves. That's not uncommon. That people love their children more than they love their self, that's not uncommon. And there's just not enough research, not enough demand, not enough reason. If this Omicron virus is 99.8% resolvable, meaning you don't even go to the hospital or you don't get sick or you certainly don't die, and if you do die, you're probably going to die of something else. Maybe you sneezed too hard and you died. Got a heart attack. I mean, the point is, is that people aren't dying from this Omicron. And like I said yesterday, and I got this actually from Will Kane, but it's starting to be talked about, I think, all over. Omicron is the beginning of the end. It is a marker, folks. It is a marker that says this is now the end of the virus. It, it's understood. I mean, does anybody have any experience? Because Fauci supposedly had 50 years of experience and yet acts like he doesn't have one clue as to what's going on. Every other week, it's a different story, different results. You know, there was the biggie, which was asymptomatic spread. I played clips for you last week on this. Asymptomatic spread doesn't spread. If you're asymptomatic, you're not going to be spreading the virus. It's highly unlikely. It's not going to be a driver for airborne viruses to spread around. That's what he said. All of a sudden, he changes. And that was the doozy. That was the biggie. Because the rule of thumb was, if you got the sniffles, if you're symptomatic, wear a mask and don't leave your home and quarantine yourself. Fair enough. As soon as they said asymptomatic, meaning you don't have any symptoms, you don't even know if you're sick and you could spread it. As soon as they said that, they got to close the world down on their own terms. They got to go with mail-in balloting. They got to go with closing the world down. They got to go with controls. And by the way, if you can get a vaccine passport and that's not racist, then why is it that a voter ID is racist? People are asking these questions now. But this Omicron is very likely to not put you in the hospital. Senator Ron Johnson is saying, you know what? CDC and NIH, they didn't push early detection or prevention or mitigation with these ultra-cheap drugs. They basically didn't even do that. And that would have uh, slowed the spread. I don't think they really care about the loss of life. And in fact... It's coming from the same people that freely and openly admitted that the population is out of control, that we need to actually shrink the population. How do you do that? Bill Gates said it. He said vaccines, new vaccines, uh, 
uh, reproductive services, and, and, and health care. That's what he said. He basically said abortions, socialized medicine, uh, medical death panels, and new vaccines. That's the way you curb population. He said it in a TED speech. I've played it a thousand times. And Jane Goodall, the safari woman, that's now an elderly woman, but she just recently, in the wake of all this, said we, we must talk about population control. And it stems from climate change. And then somebody asked the question, if Biden now is freely admitting that COVID can't be solved at the federal level, what makes you think that he could solve climate change at the federal level when China and Mexico and India are the biggest offenders? You go to Mexico City, you will choke on the smoke. I've been there. It is a dirty city. I imagine there's dirtier cities. I don't think Venezuela is with their, all their oil, is doing that much better. In our own hemisphere, we can't even get the Pan-American hemisphere straightened out. But why in the world does middle-class USA taxpayers have to foot the bill for their stupid electric cars? And nobody even knows what kind of pollution the batteries are going to do. And I read a couple of studies, too, that uh, with regard to electric vehicles, you still need coal for electric <laughs> These batteries are acid, man. I mean, where are we putting the storage? When all the batteries go bad, where are the batteries? I'll tell you one thing right now. Guess what? The masks are polluting the earth worse than any straw did. Remember the paper straws? Well, guess what? They're finding billions of masks in the Pacific Ocean right now. Billions of the masks. Forget about what it's doing to our future future population in terms of reproductive reproduction. What these drugs can do to your reproductive organs and your ability to have children. We don't even know. But I can assure you it's, well, no, I can't assure you, but I can tell you I have a sneaky suspicion it's not good. I've read some things, but more importantly, it's coming from the people that want to curb the world's population. It's coming from the same people that can't sustain growth in their own country, and therefore they have to import illegal voters and slave labor markets from third world developing nations. Europe, for the longest time, for the last 30 years, was slipping because they replaced God with country. They replaced God with government. And they became a secular society. And they lost their Judeo-Christian values. And they, decided, uh, and, and they decided not to get married or form a family unit. Or bear children because, you know, you had the uh, women's liberation, uh, two people working, and this whole thing, this movement. I remember when I was 18 years old, 18, I was at Ohio State University. 
I was wrestling for them too. But I was at Ohio State University. I didn't finish there. I finished at Old Dominion University. But nevertheless, I was at Ohio State University. I was a just a young pup, wet behind the ears, and I was not a great student, I'll be honest. But one thing I remember saying, and I got booed out of class, I said, and I prefaced it, and I pre- premised it, and I said, before you all boo me out of class, I said, I believe, uh, of course, I believe in women's right to work and women's rights to do anything that they want. And this was, I was 18. This is 19, like 84? <clears throat> no, 83? I don't know. In any case, yeah, it was 83. Um, in any case, I said, but, you know, one can make the argument. And, and just recently I made this same argument with some postgraduate State Department people. And they once again booed me out. It's like nothing had changed since 1983 to now. Like you're talking about 40 years. The, the liberals still, I, I don't think, can freely have an open debate or discussion about anything that makes perfect sense. But when the women's movement happened, you know, it started happening in the 60s, all this liberation, and that was great. No one's complaining. No one's saying yes or no. But the fact is, is that when women started entering the workforce, and again, you could talk about post-World War II and the baby boom. You could talk about, you know, how women were got a taste of working in the manufacturing plants while the men went off to fight in the wars. And next thing you know, they didn't want to leave their workplace. They, they fell in love with it. I get it all. I get the history. I understand everything. But what I'm saying is, Say you're living in a blue-collar neighborhood and, you know, the, the man of the house, the traditional man of the house, you know, I don't want my woman working. She's got to stay home and take care of the kids and she's got to do this and she's got to do that. And next thing you know, the guy goes off to work, he goes off, has a couple of beers after, after work, he gets a social life, he has friends, he gets to use his mind. He comes home and there's the wife, you know, and the mother sitting at home. She wants to go out too. So after a while, you get these more progressive thinking families and the woman goes out to work. And all of a sudden, what happens is they start buying a better sofa. They put a deck on the back of their house. They might even buy themselves a pool. They get themselves a second car. They go on a vacation. And all of a sudden, the demand for things goes up. Dual income. And they used to have this phrase called dink, dual income, no children. But they would have dual income. And once that dual income became normal, the demand for products, the supply and demand shifted. And the price of goods and services went up. The price of a vacation gone up. The sofa, the pole, the deck, the car, all went up in price because people were consuming more and more of them because thanks to the women in the workforce, the dual income. But then they had children, and all of a sudden, that became a new problem and a new wrinkle. But after a while, what ended up happening is with this inflation, 
you could never go back to a single income again. No longer could you be a manufacturer working in a manufacturing plant as the man of the house and sustain and buy and, you know buy a house and a car and raise your family. No longer could you afford to do that. You you were required at the, at some point to have dual income. Otherwise, you'd go broke. And and in one sense, you can say inflation was really one of the driving killers of all that. So forget about the civil rights era where the, there was all this civil rights legislation that was providing social welfare and reparations and affirmative action and all these other things because one income wasn't enough. And unless you got the crime down or what have you, these single-parent homes were failing. In every category, whites, blacks, Hispanics, you name it. A couple of the sectors that didn't have these problems were sectors where their divorce rates were really low, like Asia. Asians, they kept their family homes and units, their dual incomes and their support networks. Jewish cultures were similar in fashion. But yeah, so that's where we're evolving to this. And, you know, it's this, uh, where, where we find ourselves right now is in a possible situation. If you're young and you're struggling, it's a tough place to be. But in any case, I want to get to, uh, I want to get to my Twitter feed for just a moment because we're talking about we're talking about different solutions to different problems and one of the things that's happening is the federal government doesn't have the solution for these things and when is it ever going to end when is when are these vaccines mandates going to end because I woke up and I basically said, I can't go anywhere because I'm not vaccinated. In D.C., I can't go to a play. I can't go to a movie. I can't go to a sporting event like that wrestling event I was talking about. I can't go there. And I'm not allowed to go there. I'm segregated from society. And it's these Democrats that have been segregating society for the longest of times. And that's a sad chapter. And again, it's a, it works as a privilege. I remember living in New York City, and it was very liberal. And I remember how they would try to finagle their way into where it used to be that there would be a concert in Central Park, and... The concert would be first come, first serve. And that's great. That's the American way, right? First come, the longer you get in line, the closer you get to the stage, and so on and so forth. Then they started getting these voucher-based systems in the name of security, in the name of uh, trying to control the crowds and make sure people don't get stampeded and so on and so forth. So for the good of the people, but it turned out to be that, no, it became this thing where 
the radical lefts, liberals, didn't have to wait in line anymore. They didn't have to stand out all day. They just sort of got their voucher and got in. And the person that was waiting all day, they couldn't get in. They didn't have the ticket. They didn't have the system. They may have not had the computer or the access. So, I mean, what have you? But, but, but what I'm saying is, is that they always finagle these systems. This is a system. This whole vaccine passport system is rigged by the left. And you're part of a group. You're part of a groupie, right? It's sad. I mean, just take a listen to Nicole Wallace. By the way, she's a Republican. <laughs> Go figure that one, right? Figure that one. She. This is a Republican. I think she served under George W. Bush as an advisor or something like that, or campaign manager. But Nicole Wallace was a former Republican. Now listen to her. Yeah, I mean... Jason, you see how difficult this is for this administration. I mean, I'm a I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. I buy KN95 masks, buy the, you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. And and I wonder where you think the sort of conversation is heading at this moment, Jason. Well, it's heading exactly where she just let it. Claire McCaskill's on there on the panel with uh, this guy, Jason, I guess. He's just like nodding in approval. And um, everybody's smiling. Yes, we all know you are one of us in a big way. It's like a cult, right? It's absolutely insane. A groupie? A Fauci groupie? What has Fauci done that's been good for America? What has he done? There's a really um, sad story with respect to Ted Cruz, but then also there is an admission from CNN, same company as Nicole Wallace, where uh, this uh, Leanna Wen, Dr. Leanna Wen, former Baltimore health commissioner, right? Radical left winger. Let's take a listen to what she has to say about masks all of a sudden. Because Nicole Wallace was talking about her KN95 masks, right? Cloth masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either because we're dealing with something that's airborne. Cloth masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate. So KN95 maybe is a cloth? I don't know. I think what she's talking about is is cloth masks that we uh you know that are fabric that you can wash not tissue. But still, you can get on an airplane with all kinds of different masks. I mean, at some point when does this end? At some point when am I go because they already said that the vaccine has a shelf life of what? 3 months? Six months, it might not work after six months. Isn't that what they said? They said something like that, right? It changes. Everybody has a different opinion. But it's different, right? Three months, six months. I remember taking a polio vaccine about 50 years ago. Never got one since. Never got polio either. Huh. 
That being said, my mother got polio. She had a light case of it, as you could see. One leg was smaller than the other. But she was just at the tail end. Dr. Salk invented a new vaccine to fix the problem. And it lasted forever, a lifetime. Which I, I hear the antibodies, and again, they won't even give you a straight answer on antibodies. And we know that it's a ruse. We know that the vaccine passport is a gateway to social credit score systems. But I see their master plan crumbling. Because at some point, the next question that's going to drop is when does this end? Because I'm not going to make Pfizer rich all, all the time, right? Now, again, I'm unvaccinated. But now I'm not allowed to walk into a sporting event. For how long? How much longer is this going to go on? Because there were a couple of cruise liners they were 100% vaxxed. So it's not the unvaccinated that's getting sick. It's the vaxxed. With a 99.8% cure rate, 100% vax rate, and these boats are coming down with COVID left and right. These ships, these, these cruise liners. How do you explain that? How do you explain it? I'm not getting sick, knock on wood. I mean, I got a bad back. I got a virus. I got a uh, infection in my spine, but that's not the Omicron virus. I didn't get the Omicron virus. But what I'm saying is, is that they say one thing, but what you see is another. Like these universities, they're closing all the classes down at Harvard and Yale and everywhere else in between. And they're 100% vaxxed. There are these police precincts. We played a clip for you last week where it was, uh, you know, 100% because the people that are unvaccinated aren't allowed to go back to work. So they're sitting at home. So how is it then that the people that are going out to work, 100% of them are vaxxed, are getting sick? And in France now, they got this new chart. Spike, through the roof. Vermont, through the roof. Everywhere that they have these mask mandates and all these draconian rules, it's failing. Let people live their life. Let people get that Omicron, which doesn't kill you, so they can get the lifelong antibody that's better than a polio vaccine, it will carry with you for life. And for life, you'll be protected. Why not allow that to happen? Why not? Because the lady just said masks don't work, right? And we just heard that Nicole Wallace is part of a Fauci groupie system, so it's political. Let's take a listen to what Ted Cruz has to say when he's talking with the CEO, Mr. Kirby, the CEO of United Airlines. I believe it is six out of 13. Okay. And how many pilots have you p- placed on unpaid leave? Uh, I think it's about 80. Okay. How many flight attendants have you fired? Uh, I don't know the number. In total, it's about 200 employees. Well, I will tell you, I spoke this morning to the airline employees for health freedom that said they had over 2,000 
United employees who had been placed on unpaid leave because they sought exemptions from the vaccine mandate. They said that, said that included 331 pilots. I will also note that I have been literally inundated with United employees complaining about United's callous disregard for the rights of the, of the pilots. One of the messages was from a pilot who flew for United for more than two decades, who applied for and received an exemption from your vaccine mandate on religious grounds, and it was subsequently placed on leave with no pay and no benefits, including no medical insurance. Now his wife, who relies on her husband's insurance, has had to postpone a necessary surgery of, with no idea when she'll be able to reschedule because she, she has no idea when her husband will be able to fly again. And you're simultaneously enforcing a non-compete so this pilot can't even go work for your competitors. Another message I received from another pilot, a constituent self-described proud Texan, flew for the Air Force for almost three decades, including missions in Asia, now founds himself on indefinite unpaid leave with a denial of all benefits to include medical, dental, vision, insurance, disability, travel privileges, crew member access to jump seats, denied access to his retirement savings. This morning, I spoke with a 10-year flight attendant for United, a woman named Ms. Adriana Ubali, who is a single mom, an Hispanic single mom from Texas, who you fired she received her termination notice tied in a trash can to her front gate. I have a letter here, Madam Chairman, from, from uh, Ms. Yubali describing the disgraceful treatment she received at the hands of United. I ask unanimous consent this record be entered, this letter be entered objection. in the record. I can't tell you how important that exchange is. For United to be called out, this guy is just sitting there like a buffoon. And... The person who tweeted this video said, what is America becoming? This is the CEO of United Airlines. At the same time, remember, I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Southwest Airlines and American Airlines both admit that the effectiveness of these masks wearing them in planes with all their HEPA filters and cabin pressures is 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 marginal or questionable. They don't even know what the efficacy is. Certainly uh, uh, with five-year-olds and infants crying and things like that. You know, these, these children are not getting sick. So then the libtards will say, well, yeah, what about though they might get it and they're asymptomatic and they spread it to the elderly and they can get sick, you know, so on and so forth. So I get people uh, writing in. Um, I don't know what Terry was trying to say. Terry's the truck driver in uh, Arkansas. David says Davis party is behind it. Oh, Davos. Yeah, of course. Uh, now I know what he's talking about. The World Economic Forum psychopaths. The real virus is tyranny, medical authoritarianism. The pandemic is just tool being used to spread it of course <clears throat> we've been talking about that for a long time you know i get people that write me uh in text but they don't call in so much so like uh if you want to call in it's 215 top talk that's 215-867-8255 that's 215-867-8255 
eight two five five. You'd like to be called, uh, like to call in and be heard. Again, that's two one five Top Talk, and that's two one five eight six seven eight two five five. It's at the top of my website, scottadamshow dot com. Um, Lynn writes: BC leftists want to cut off conservatives in DC, shut them out. They want DC to uh, become the forbidden city, like China, of course. And <laughs> that's Lynn writing in from our Orlando or somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, <clears throat> in any case, I want to—I want you to take a listen to what Aaron Rodgers has to say. If science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore. It's propaganda, and that's the truth. Aaron Rodgers. Let's see. You mean, you know, I, I've gotten accused of spreading misinformation uh, when I talk about my. You know, the treatment plan that I used uh, to get better that's been used by a number of people and doctors. If you watched uh, Dr. McCullough on Rogan, who's he's a cardiologist, epidemiologist, he goes at length to talk about, and he's double vaxxed. He talks about the treatment plans that he used with people. I think one of my issues, and I've, I've brought this up many times, is one, they don't talk about the fact that uh, you know guys are, are getting better using this. this uh, people are getting better using these things. That's fine. You don't want to talk about that. But how come in a league where we're seeing what fifty-one guys on the list yesterday, 100. there's still zero conversation, at least publicly, around treatment options for people that that test positive? I do know behind the scenes, this is one hundred percent true. There are many teams who are using or recommending a lot of the same treatments that I got for their players. So, Doctor Joe Rogan, there's treatments being talked about behind closed doors, but publicly, I don't understand why. We- so we'll go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? This yes. is Donna. Can yeah, you hi. hear me? Hi. Yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm uh, calling from New California, I mean, actually Old California, and uh, I'm glad you're not vaccinated. I'm also not vaccinated. I'm one out of 35 in the federal government who hasn't been vaccinated, and oddly enough, they're all working at home, and I get to go into the office alone by myself to open up mail. But when anyway, do you think, when I, do you think, because the vaccinations, because the vaccinations are so, the shelf life is so short, that when is this all going to end? I mean, at some point, the Omicron's not going to kill anybody. It's going to be less than the common cold. People are going to have antibiotic, antibodies, right? And then the therapeutics, right, whether yeah. it's the new Pfizer one or or the monoclonal uh, antibodies that are coming out that are new, new uh, and improved, um, whether it's ivermectin or it's a replacement, all these different mitigation yeah. techniques, um, it's going to be a zero threat. At some point, how long are they? Uh, what is your, in your opinion, how long do you think they're going to be able to continue this ruse of vaccine mandates? Um, because, you know, two years from now, I don't want to be walking into a restaurant and have to show my papers. Yeah, right now I I, I, have, to, I have to show I got an exemption card, but now all of a sudden they, I, I have to go get a COVID test. Every time I want to go to a restaurant, I have to know a couple of days ahead of time if I want to go into a restaurant. And how much how much does that cost? <laughs> because I just understood we knew some people that were flying out. Free. there. OK, so we know some people that were flying international. And they could pay as high as two hundred and fifty dollars for a COVID test. 
Uh, because uh, wow. yeah, to, to to fly, and that's if they're if they're um, but if they're vaccinated somehow they don't have to. But if they are, you know, so it's a crazy thing um, where they're trying I to think, punish the unvaccinated. I think all our restaurants are going to go out of business, and then they're going to have to shut this up, turn it off. So I think next year it will fall apart. Yeah, well, let's hope. I mean, we need to voice this every day. We need to push forward and we need to really demand, you know, more out of our government. You know what we need? We need to win 2022 and we need the courts to weigh in on these draconian mandates because I think they're unconstitutional and I think they're discriminatory and I think they're a violation of civil rights. You know, a restaurant, certainly a restaurant... You know, you got the cake maker that had to serve uh, homosexuals. Um, certainly, yeah. uh, since the civil yeah. rights era, right? We're not allowed yeah. to discriminate mm-hmm. the way they're discriminating. But they're discriminating against people who are not vaccinated. Yeah. All right. Hey, mm-hmm. thank you. Anyway, for... I love you. I love you, and I love Paul Preston. All right. Take care. Okay. All bye. right. Bye bye. All right. Well, <clears throat> I will say that we are winning and uh, we're winning because the federal government admits that they don't have a solution to the problem, that it's becoming a more of a state issue, that the courts are now starting to get involved in hearing cases and creating precedents. January 7th, they're going to have the Supreme Court hearing on those two cases that Biden pushed out, the 100 employees and the medical workers. So there's a lot going on there. Let's take a listen to Nancy. Oh, let's take a listen to a couple of things. So here's another news uh, woman, Nancy Mace on Fox Tonight. I can't think of one good thing that President Biden has done for this country. Then Nancy Mace goes on CNN. What a loser Nancy Mace is, right? And she says the Biden administration is taking, I believe, safe steps to keep the American saved. The same person wearing the same clothes in the same night. She's on Hannity. Then she's on CNN. And this is a representative, Republican, South Carolina. Okay, here it is. So Representative Nancy Mace, South Carolina Republican. Listen to what she says here. I can't think of one good thing that President Biden has done for this country in his first year in office. Unless, of course, like- So that was Fox News. Nancy Mace, representative from South Carolina, says this on Fox News. I can't think of one good thing that President Biden has done for this country in his first year in office. Unless, of course, Regent, like- uh, I and then, had- and then now listen to what she has to say. Listen to what she has to say now on CNN. Now she's with a different network. So she's just going for votes, right? Going for votes. It's pretty sad, really, when you think about it. Had to have a, a, a vaccination to enter in all of those countries. I've had four COVID tests in the last seven days. Um, and so the Biden administration is taking, I believe, safe steps to keep the American people safe as we work through the challenges ahead. So that's a, a Republican like that's not helpful, is it? So so let's take a listen one more time to Nancy Mace, a Republican from South Carolina. 
I can't think of one good thing that President Biden has done for this country in his first year in office. Unless, of course, like uh, I had to have a, a, a vaccination to enter in all of those countries. I've had four COVID tests in the last seven days. Um, and so the Biden administration is taking, I believe, safe steps to keep the American people safe as we work through the challenges ahead. So, which Nancy Mace is is speaking right now. Which one? So it's just uh, Republicans like that. It's a bit of a problem. All right. So Dr. Uh, Robert Malone says this. Omicron is milder, but protect your immune system by building a healthier body and mind. That means diet, glycamin control, glycemic control, D3C, you know, vitamin D3, vitamin C, and zinc. Weight loss and exercise. That would all be very, very helpful. And you do that with uh, mitigating properties like uh, you can take, you know, ivermectin and some other stuff. Just listen to uh, Senator Ron Johnson speak. A real quick clip here. He talks about... um, he says, I've always believed there was a national solution to COVID-19, and that's early treatment. Well, you know, obviously the, the federal man, uh, vaccine mandates have been probably one of the most divisive uh, executive orders of this administration. When President uh, Biden in his inaugural said he was going to unify and heal this nation. But I, I've always believed there, there actually was a national a solution to this pandemic. It was called early treatment. And unfortunately, rather than... Uh, have our health agencies rigorously research and pursue and allow doctors to practice medicine using literally a cornucopia of uh, cheap, generic, available drugs. Uh, we pretty well ignored that. We've actually, people like Fauci and Collins and Walensky, they actually sabotaged the uh, practicing of medicine and the early treatment of COVID. Well, So that's Senator Ron Johnson. So um, now we have a caller, uh, John from Chicagoland. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good afternoon or good morning, I should say, and I hope you're going to have a happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. Uh, coming up. Uh, well, a couple things. You know, with South Carolina, they've given us a lot of shaky or just outright bad Republicans. Remember, we've got Lindsey Graham. We have we had Mark Sanford from there, who was the screwball who had the affair with the lady in Argentina. And yes, yeah. He's been kind of shaky on a, on a lot of stuff. You've got this Nancy Mace. I'm second, I thought you were talking about Nancy Grace, but yeah, Nancy Mace. And uh, if you look at they're the they're the uh, uh, state that suspended the primary a year ago. Remember, uh, well, actually, in the 2020 primaries, they said, well, to protect Donald Trump. We're going to suspend our primary. When in fact, they were simply trying to protect Lindsey Graham, who was also up for re-election. And I think that was that was a real motivation there. But they pulled a fast one on it. Who ever heard of calling off a primary? I know. COVID or no COVID or protecting? Well, I've because he was he was on every every Republican's list for uh, a a senator to be primaried out. He was on the short. He was on my short list of senator Republicans that should be primaried out. And he got away with it. He was right. He was yeah. He was right at the top. Yeah. And there have been another number of other things with South Carolina Republicans. Even Trey Gowdy. I know Trey Gowdy talks tough. You know, he's got the ten gallon oh. hat. He just doesn't walk. He, he talks tough. He doesn't walk the walk. He, he says a lot. He's like he, honestly, he's kind of like Hannity. I like Hannity, 
But, you know, for two years, we heard, or for three years, we heard about, you know, indictments are coming. Indictments are coming. It's all coming down. And it didn't happen. And Gowdy was much the same way. He went on there, much like Lindsey Graham, and promised action. But what did we get? I agree. No, I'm uh, I'm not that big of a Hannity fan either. And I, I think I see it just like you on that um, with respect to Hannity. I mean, he's okay, but, uh, you know, I, I like thinkers that, and, and I don't agree with Tucker Carlson all the time, but I like the way he thinks. I like the way he is uh, treating topics from an analytical perspective. You know, I think... Um, just sort of like uh, bringing in rhinos uh, or or Republicans that don't always that you would never you wouldn't want them always in your foxhole. Like um, Christy Nome is not somebody that I would trust in my foxhole because I think she would take care of herself first, like she did with uh, transgender in sports. All of a sudden, because the elections are starting to heat up and and uh, election season's heating up. She's starting to shift and she's starting to realize, oh, I got to get more like DeSantis. And otherwise, I'm going to be steamrolled over and left behind. And so she's starting to do some things, but she only does it when it's absolutely a necessity for her political career to thrive. I absolutely agree. Well, you know, just to finish up on, on you know, about Hannity, I'm just saying, South Carolina, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark, so to speak. I or agree. In this case, the state of South Carolina. Well, they have yeah. a bad Republican Party because they give us a lot of bad people. And, and well, on Noam, I read there, she had like a 56% conservative rating from like the AC, uh, American Conservative Union, or someone, she had like a 56% conservative rating when she was in Congress. And she's been a little more conservative as a governor, but she, she's not a reliable ally. And she did punt. What, what, what she did with that transgender thing was when the NCA threatened to pull out their activities from South Dakota, she then sent back the legislation which was going to outlaw the transgender participation and then sent, sent it back saying, well, it's just a forms and revision change, which means basically grammar and just form and revision. Basically, your teacher correcting your grammar and sort of stylistic changes. That is not what she did. She made substantive changes and then lied about it. And she was called out on it by Tucker and others. Right. And she tried to say, well, that was a case that we didn't think we could win and we had to hedge our bets. It's not exactly what we wanted. Whatever. DeSantis got it done. Leaders find a way to lead and get things done. And the other, um, the other, the gov, the former governor, the Indian woman. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. She worked at, in Trump's UN. Um, oh, from Nikki Haley. Oh, Nikki that's Haley. Right. That's the other one, Nikki Haley. Yeah. Oh, she sucks. Okay. Yeah. She's so, so, <laughs> you know what she did with the rebel flag in 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 the wake of Dylan Roof? It's like if you it was if it was that passionate for you that issue, you wouldn't have waited for Dylan Roof to kill all those people in that church to do it, right? You you would have done it on your right. own, you know, at another time. But she used it uh, for political expedience to uh, chip away at, uh, you know, at that issue. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't ban the Duke to Hazard while she was at it. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, and look, it's about as relevant to... I've never been a fan, a big fan of the rebel flag, but you know what? I understand culture. And I understand history, and I understand due process to the point where 
there should have been a little bit more of a debate about that that issue. You know, because whether you like Robert E. Lee or not, I don't. But to tear his statue down in the middle of the night, you know, is is a different way of going about it. It's not the American way. And that's that's what well, yeah. we have lacking in our country. Is anytime whether they're on my side or they're against me, anytime someone turns a blind eye to due process and jurisprudence, I have a problem with that. You're right. Well, due process isn't just in the court. It's the deliberation of the mind. It's a, it's Absolutely. A, it's a deliberate way of assessing things so that you don't make rash, stupid decisions and destroy traditions that are actually very valuable in the long run. You know, I, I disagree on the Confederate issue in that I think by the time, certainly I was a kid, at least up in, you know, in the North, the Confederate idea had been stripped of a lot of the racial ideas. It had become more of a states' rights and sort of an independent uh, Johnny Rebel, Rebel Yell kind of thing. Right. But I think a lot of the racial component had been sanitized out of it, quite frankly. So I think it, w- it was much less of an offensive issue by that you know, by that time. But whether you believe that or not, the notion of the statues that is absolutely sacrosanct. They haven't pared down all the uh, communist statues in Russia, not because they still ascribe to communism, far from it, but because it's part of the past and they recognize where they are. If you go outside of, um, uh, you know, outside of Moscow, say the, the Lenin's, uh, Lenin's uh, uh, old home, Lenin, Lenin the uh, Gorsky, they have all sorts of those statues right there for you to walk by and see, as I, I, I've seen it. I've been yeah. there. And it's just, it's just a, it's a piece of history. I just want to say one quick thing about the vitamin D and, and, uh, well, and, uh, and we have oh, about 10 seconds. Different. We have sure. 10. Okay. Just, there is a real, if you can take vitamin D daily, you can take four to 6,000 or even more IU a day. It's pretty hard to overdose. It seems to be a strong link between vitamin D and immune uh, health and as well as possibly resistance to COVID. So I just, I think that's actually really smart uh, advice, Dr. Right. Right. And you come from the medical world, so that I appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for uh, calling day. in today. All right. Take care. All right. And uh, that concludes the Scott Adams Show once again for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye. From a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, and grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.